Welcome to Web3 Unpacked. I'm your host, Rich Pasqua, founder and CEO of ARC. Each week we unpack the Web3 revolution. Join us as we discover and explore the people, projects, and visionaries building the trusted web. Welcome everyone to Web3 Unpacked uh, and welcome Ben Armstrong, AKA BitBoy. It's, uh, it's, it's great to have you. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. It's um, you know, been an eventful few weeks and um, you know, I don't know, people are saying I should go by Bitman now, but uh, no. Bitman. BitBoy's <laughs> a cartoon superhero, so it kind of fits, I guess. That's what I created this channel to be. Uh, and of course everybody started calling me BitBoy and that's how the name stuck. But yeah, we're, uh, Definitely going through a time in crypto right now. This seems Absolutely. like the ultimate moment to have you on. I mean, we just had SBF arrested, uh, but, you know, and we're going to jump into all that. But just for people not familiar, I don't know who wouldn't be, but can you just give us a really quick background of how, how you came to be, how you, how you got to be BitBoy now that you're mentioning it? Yeah, so uh, basically I started this back in January 2018. It was supposed to be a cartoon series. Uh, I started the channel at the worst <laughs> possible moment, uh, the very, very peak of the market. Um, and so basically I started this channel right at the beginning of the bear market. And, uh, you know, I had been in crypto since 2012, but not really in crypto. Like I bought Bitcoin in 2012. I had Mt. Gox, did the whole thing. Uh, I kind of watched it in between 2014 and, uh, 2000 and, um, uh, 2014, 2017, 2017, I was like, holy crap, I should be rich and I'm not, I need to figure out what the heck I did wrong. And so really went into crypto full time, um, or very fast and, and hard and then, full-time, maybe about a year later. And, uh, you know, I started talking about projects and, and news and covering everything in the space. And, you know, really built me for this bear market. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun this bear market. The last bear market was miserable because I really didn't understand the cycles. And I was like, oh, having this many years away, it's going to go up before that. Definitely. It's coming back any day. And so I really went through that whole period of, uh, you know, having to really face facts of how a Bitcoin cycle works. And so, you know, I, I like to tell all these, uh, you know, these new YouTubers out here, you know, uh, you know, you, you may have been adopted by the bear market, but I was born into it. And so uh, we're, we're, we're thriving. We're living our best life and, uh, you know, doing a lot of fun stuff. And it's been way more fun than the last one. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's been interesting. I've been following you for quite a, quite a bit uh, through the ups, the downs, the sideways, everything else. And, um, you know, it's been interesting to see you, you ride along with the industry as well. And we're getting started here. And thank you for, you know, supporting us through this and um you know let's just dive in it's been a crazy crazy couple months especially well this week is off the charts actually but um you know one of the things as you know obviously the unavoidable fdx questions discussions um for you 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 were you really dug in you yeah. really dug in um it was more investigative you know and we we kind of know what you've been doing behind the scenes and whatnot, but are you, do you have like any relationship to SBF uh, beyond just your reporting and whatnot? No, I texted um, him when I was in the Bahamas. Uh, he, he finally responded to me. I got his phone number somebody. That's, that's as far as our relationship goes. Um, you know, it, it started out, you know, very personal between him and I, cause he tried to steal my freaking politician behind my bill. Uh, and oh, tried to, wow. yeah. So that's how all this started. Is yeah, you know, people are like, "Why do you care so much? You didn't have any money on FTX." And you know, people got a famous clip of me, like you know, really bullish on FTT, like a year ago, you know, or yeah, a year and a half yeah, ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, I thought everything was good. Everybody did. So yeah, we were bullish on it. As soon as we found stuff out, we 
did a video two and a half months ago where we sold all our FTT and we sold all our Solana, and so we're out. Um, but the whole thing was, you know, we're trying to get funding for our bill. It's going to be public later this month. It's registered now. Um, and, you know, I was like, you know, FTX, maybe they want to fund it. You know, Sam had been speaking on, you know, Capitol Hill, and he had said some pretty interesting stuff. And, you know, I'd never been able to figure out, like, do I like this guy or not? I could never put my finger on, like, is he good? Is he bad? Do I buy this whole philanthropy thing? Not really. But overall, he's probably doing some bad things, too, but net positive. That was generally my thought, I guess. And so what happens is we call them for funding, and uh, we send it to Brett Harrison uh, and and SBF, our bill, and they fund it to their policy team with Mark Wetjen, who is former CFTC commissioner, and they sat on it for three weeks, and that's not normal. And so our one of our main politicians, we're bipartisan, we got politicians on both sides, reached out to Mark Wetjen and said, what are you doing? Like, what, what's up with this funding? And he said... Yeah, we're not going to fund it. Uh, we actually don't want this bill to pass. We actually want you to come work for us. We're doing a federal bit license. And so, whoa, okay, that's pretty crazy. Uh, not only do I discover he tried to steal someone from me, but also he's doing the worst possible crypto regulation that exists and trying to make it federal and kill decentralization and kill peer-to-peer. So that's what started me down this rabbit trail with him, and that's why I, don't, I never had an account at FTX but, you know, we become the, the voice of the FTX user, the voice of the people on this, and, and we really enjoy that because we like standing up for people that don't have a voice. But also, you know, that kind of explains why I got so tied into this, and it's been – the whole time it's been personal between him and I when it comes to anything to do with regulation, you know. So so happy that he's so toxic that none of the uh, stuff that he was working on in Washington will go, go by. It's actually good for us. It's actually turned out to be the best possible thing for uh, our bill. Yeah. And, you know, as we've been tracking, you know, your progress and stuff from the government and the news and everything else, um, we're, we're curious here is, you know, is your journey over? Is, I mean, I, I kind of know the answer, but for our audience, what is your now your game plan? What's your strategy moving forward? Yeah, guys, happy to announce today that I'm retiring. Uh, we had a good run in crypto <laughs> and, um, you know, Sam, Sam, Sam is arrested. So now I can. Uh, no, that'll be our big headline for this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. people retires, yeah. man. I tell you, you get a lot of likes on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, people, you know, it's funny. Like people go back and they say all kinds of stuff. And like, t- look, Michael Superman, Ian Bellina, these were the two uh, box mining as well. These were the biggest influencers, uh, along with Data Dash. He's still around making consistent videos, but they're the three biggest influencers, pretty much during 2017. And you know, people look at our growth in 2021. And they're like, oh, this is the Michael Superman of blah, 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 blah crypto. He's going to go away. No, no, we built an infrastructure here that can't be replaced. You know, we have 40,000 square foot studio. I've got tons of employees, full editing team. You know, we're, we've got tons of channels up underneath us. You know, we've been built to last the long term. So next cycle, we still going to be at the top. You know, the cycle after that, we're still going to be at the top. And, and maybe not number one. I'm, certainly, there's up-and-coming content creators that are great, and we champion those people. But we're going to be relevant for a long time here. Um, and I don't want to move away from crypto, right? You got, you yeah. know, uh, Carl from the moon. You know, Carl, he, he's out there taking, uh, you know, influencer pictures of him moonwalking and stuff. That's cool for Carl. I like that for him. I, that ain't me. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have many interests outside of crypto. I like sports. I like playing poker. I like to play more on the, on the uh, you know, WSOP and stuff like that. But it's always going to be supplemental to what I'm doing here. We deeply care about crypto. We mm-hmm. want decentralization. We want the philosophies that started it to carry through, and we don't want them to be looked over and this turn into traditional finance 2.0. 
that's not what we want. And so, you know, we're playing a role in stopping that and making sure that in the future, bad actors like Kevin O'Leary and SBF and all these traditional finance people, that they don't come into our space. We don't want you. We do not want your money here because you're just going to come in. You're going to ruin everything. We're going to go through this blow up that we just went through. So, you know, what's next for me? We are definitely moving more in the political, um, you know, the political sphere. We do have bills. We've got other stuff we're doing um, down the road. We've got our own political action committee. Um, I I think I'm very effective from this side of things, Uh, more effective than actually like one day running for office, which who knows? I, I they keep trying to talk me into it, but I, I'm Not very against presidential it. run. That'll be our. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe yeah. you know who, who knows. I'm not ruling it out. I haven't ruled it out 100 percent down the road, but right. first, first uh, YouTuber to president, right? But um, in in all reality, as long as crypto keeps moving the way it is, I mean, we're going to keep growing, and um, you know, obviously, we're at the cutting edge of tech and finance, and you know, people like that. So who knows what the potential down the road could be? But the focus is always going to be crypto for me. And I, I'm not, you know, I do want to own the Falcons one day. That, that is the one thing. <laughs> Down the road, I want to own the Falcons. And once I own the Falcons, I will run the team and we will win a Super Bowl. Um, so outside of that, I just don't have a lot of, you know, crypto is not a stepping stone for me. Like crypto is yeah. the step, you yeah. know, ben, it, this ben, is what I'm about. I've got a question. Like, do you think the coverage of the space, because this is something we've, believed in when we built Web3 Unpacked is to really focus on the utility of blockchain ledger technology, really get people excited about about what possibilities exist and focus a little bit less on the price fluctuations and which coin is going to take off or not take off. Do you see the space kind of moving in that direction? Well, one thing that we're working on um, is we are trying to figure out the best vehicle for it. Um, But influencer regulation, like we have to have that. We have to have like Guys, we've all been flying by the seat of our pants. Nobody yeah. knows what we're supposed to be doing. And then they want to judge us, like, oh, you did this. I mean, where's the rule book? Show it to me. Um, so, you know, we've always tried to, to operate as ethically and morally as we can and take our audience's best interest, uh, you know, into mind whenever we make content. Now we don't do, like, any sponsor. I, I tend to believe that anything that has a speculative price along with it, you should not do pay promotion for. Uh, that's, that's where I've moved to. Certainly not where I started. Um, but by doing certain videos and learning that the business model is broken for token promotion, like in NFT promotion as well, I, I think that that's something that the space should move towards. However, ultimately, the regulation that probably we're going to uh, push uh, when it comes to influencers is the idea that there are some ways that you probably could do promotions of speculative assets, but like a really long lockup period, you get paid in the token. Uh, and and that you, you, it's locked up for three months in a transparent wallet that everybody can see, and everybody can see when you move it. And I think in that situation, everything's so transparent that there could be an argument there for people that would want to do that. It is a way a lot of you know influencers build um, their business here um, is, is sponsored videos. I tend to think even even though that will be considered legal, I still think it's just a broken model, and it, you know people trying to shortcut with marketing. Instead of building, and then when they market and they make a lot of money, they don't have any motivation to build. So I, I think it's ultimately flawed, but you know, at least gives some some projects an opportunity for some marketing, and as well for influencers that want to get into that space. But I tell you, you'll regret it. You know, you, you regret doing paid promotions when it comes to tokens and coins. Trust me, I, I've uh, had to live that one, unfortunately. So, um, but I do think it is important for us going forward to create something that makes sense. You know, in, in not just about like. What is okay to promote? Like, if I talk about Cardano every single time I bring up Cardano, do I say, by the way, you know, I own a bunch of Cardano? Like, 
it's so relevant in the space. It's like Bitcoin. Like if I talk about Bitcoin, it's like every time I say the word Bitcoin, I say, by the way, we own Bitcoin. Like there's stuff that makes sense that needs to come down the pipeline. And so that is one other thing that, that uh, we are working for. I, I think that would be hugely beneficial to the space. I tell you what's cool. What's cool is when I first started my channel, I talked about a lot of these ideas, you know, of like, yeah, it'd be nice if influencers knew what they were supposed to do, or it would be nice if we had this, you know, a, a new commission that would, you know, manage digital assets and stuff like that. And it's cool now, like, part of the language for some of our bills um, that have already been worked on and are currently working on, they come directly from, uh, you know, scripts on my channel, you know, from, from years ago. And it's cool to go from, like, just a guy with a backwards hat making videos about something I barely knew about to you know, really becoming a, a player in, in the future of, of, of crypto. And um, it's it's really exciting. Sometimes, like, I just sit and I, you know, try to come to terms with how cool it is, and it's really hard to grasp. Yeah, uh, you, you bring up a lot of good points there. And when we hear the word words crypto and regulation together, it's like, okay, that makes sense. In mm -hmm. moderation, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, I truly believe that, Key players from this space, key thinkers should be participating in that, mm -hmm. not the Sam Bankmans. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, it sounds like you're kind of uh, you're kind of in line with what we're doing. That's kind of yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I I like th that you know the idea that you're you're shifting from you know coin go up, coin go down a little bit, and obviously you're not going to give that up. But now they're now. Mm -hmm. Government plays and politics are, are are playing a bigger part in this, right? Especially when we scratch the FTX surface, that is a rabbit hole that mm -hmm. I'm extremely interested in. I'm also very interested in the idea of regulating, you know, pundits and or you know, uh, influencers yeah. and and what that looks like. And I think that's a discussion that needs to start because no one's really talking about that. Um, especially, you know, after the Kevin O'Leary's, that's just blatant, outright craziness. Yeah. Uh, we can have a whole session on that. But but talking about government, politics, and all of this stuff, do you feel that um, SBF was intentionally manipulated by the governments to – or, you know, uh, it could have been, you know, the regulators, the central banks. But do you think it was intentionally done and exploited to give CBDC a leg up? Kind of no. crash the markets, then introduce the, 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 the U.S. tokens uh, and slip right in? No, I do not believe that. <laughs> and and, and here, here, here's how you know. Yeah. Um, and I say the same thing when people start going down the, the rabbit trail of, uh, you know, the Clintons are behind this. this is, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's all about, you know, raising money for the Democratic Party, which you can make an argument that right. that is pretty clear that that was going on. But, you know, it doesn't go up to the Clintons. And, you know, this is not a setup because the whole thing blew up overnight and got yeah. egg on every politician's face, including the president. Yeah. If this if this were a smoother operation by people that were not extremely sloppy, uh, then that would not have been a possibility. Uh, they would have taken much better care. Because, look, making money for them and trying to fill their insolvency holes was pro was primary. Yeah. The political donations were secondary. A and you know that because they didn't protect the political donations by doing stuff on the front end to keep it from blowing up. 
So I understand why people have that perspective. I, I've got a much more optimistic view on regulation in crypto. I really do because we've been working on this bill for a long time, and we finally are, are getting it to, uh, you know, not to the finish line, but really to the starting line where people can understand exactly what we're doing and get on and, and support it. Um, you know, now that I've been on this end working, like, I think our bill is going to pass. We, we have an executive order route as well. Um, you know, we have uh, we've already had, you know, some contacts with uh, the people that sign executive orders, if you know who that is, um, uh, about our potential uh, success there as well if it doesn't pass as just a regular bill. So the, the whole thing is it's a very optimistic crypto bill because all of these ideas that the SEC is going to take over crypto and, you know, Elizabeth Warren is going to create a crypto bill that's going to screw everybody. Like, I just don't believe all that's going to happen because once what we're doing gets in the public eye, there's virtually no way for hardcore crypto people not to support it unless they just go off the premise of like, Oh yeah, I don't like BitBoy because he, you know, he ranted one time or something like that. You know, if you don't want to support my bill because I wrote it, then that's a real low IQ move for uh, for your future. Is it pretty bipartisan? So gonna, the- yes, it's bipartisan. We have we have uh, we have big support on both sides, um, and we've been reached out to by uh, you know many sitting uh, senators and their teams about the bill as well. Uh, state level people are interested in it as well. Um, it, it's one of these things where. You know, I say this about crypto all the time. Like, look, crypto might not save us from a great reset, but it's the only chance that we have, you know? Same thing with this bill. Look, this bill may not get approved. There's a chance. If this bill don't get approved, we're screwed. And so I've got to take the optimistic approach that ours is going to get through. And I just can't really, like, buy into all these conspiracies about this was set up to ruin, you know, everything. I understand why it looks that way, for sure. But you really take a step back and you look at the way that it exploded and just the quirky <clears throat> tell you the, the, the quirky line of events that got us to where we're at, to where actually now my bill is perfect to slide in with the gap that Sam you know left yeah. trying to do a counter to my bill originally. So it's almost like, I don't know, I feel like it's a little destiny, you know? Yeah, we, we got to take the right steps. You got to take the first mm-hmm. step, the next step. Um, and like I said before, Let's have the crypto kids or, you know, crypto adults, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, le- forge the way w- with that. Now, without everything that came down with FTX, do you, do you credit yourself a, a bit with, with, with cracking this one? Probably, probably too much. It, it, there are things that I know that basically I know who the whistleblower is. I know how that all, I know how all that came out. Um, you know, I, I do know, I know a little bit about why uh, Sam was ultimately arrested this week. Um, and, you know, I, I'm to this point where like, I feel like it's not really beneficial for me to come out and say like, you'll find out, you know, and it, it's just, you see things like somebody tweeted the other night, like reminder, bit boy, <laughs> you had absolutely nothing to do with any of this. Coffeezilla did more. Well, first of all, I gave Coffeezilla a bunch of evidence, but whatever. I like Coffeezilla. I'm not going to say anything bad about him. Yeah, yeah uh, he's fine. You know, but but the whole thing is like, we really from the very beginning have been tied at the hip with Sam on this, and it, we have pushed forward. Nobody would go down to, there to the Albany and confront him. Obviously, he didn't come out, but we were the only people that had been in the compound, um, and we went down there to figure it out. And uh, you know, we were going to go down there, or we we still are going down there this weekend. Uh, we were supposed to do a protest to get him arrested, but dang it, Sam, why'd you have to get arrested the week before I came? So uh, we already got the trip booked and everything. So we actually, you know, we need to stand up for the people. So, like, one thing we're going to be doing while we're down there, since we can't protest now, I mean, we could, but there's nothing to protest. 
I want to go see if I can see him in jail, by the way. I want to see if I can get on the list to go have a conversation with him, if he's still in jail in the Bahamas this weekend. But what we want to do is we've actually got some uh, very interesting stuff with the property um, that is in the portfolios of FTX, which is the government right now, uh, they can seize them and sell them for pennies on the dollar and make a bunch of money and then give all the high-dollar property to their friends. Yeah. And we're going to stop that. So we're going down there this weekend. We're going to be filing a lawsuit, um, and making sure that they can't do that. So that money stays the, the the nine figures worth of real estate minimum stays in the Bahamas, and it can be part of the bankruptcy, which can ultimately pay back some of the users and the people that go down there with us. They actually they don't know this. Uh, they actually did lost money in FTX. They're going to get a really really cool benefit from taking part in that lawsuit. Um, which is they're going to eventually be able to become uh, the front of the line for people getting their money back uh, eventually. So that's uh, that that's really cool. That that's a now that to me is a push forward, trying mm-hmm. to you know maximize all of the craters that were left and and yeah. actually give back to the community that really lost out. Um, I also you know I, I think uh, the um, on one of your last podcasts I was listening to. Um, with Alex Jones was uh, the idea of NFT activism, you know, and the idea, and I know you were probably pretty excited about releasing this kind of tactic, which I thought was pretty cool. Can you explain the NFT kind of activism uh, treatment there? Yeah. So uh, things have changed a little bit. Yeah. Right. Obviously. Um, It's funny that I was on Alex Jones yesterday talking about, you know, we're coming to protest and then all of a sudden he gets arrested that night. You know, I don't don't know. Is there a coincidence? Mm. You know, people (laughs) people tend to tend to he's got a big voice. Yeah. But the whole thing is uh, we are working with an NFT project on the ICP, uh, the Internet Computer Protocol chain, and they created this NFT just for us. Um, It's it's like a 75, 25 split. So the creator gets 25 percent and we get the 75 percent and that all goes towards it was going to 100 percent towards the protest and the cost associated with it well of course he gets arrested last night it's gonna be so cool because part of the part of this there were going to be generative traits kind of but they're more like generative scenes yeah so like you might get sam in one me in another one you get a, a cool protest sign in there in the background and the signs, they were going to make physical f- copies of the signs, too. So we we're going to be at the protest with the physical signs that were going to be in the NFT. And it could be like two ICP. It's like eight bucks for, for an NFT. It wasn't going to be, you know, it, we, we're trying to do more quantity instead of, uh, you know, like a, a small limited release. Because we didn't really have to have, like, there's no dollar amount. that's like, we got to make sure we sell this. I mean, if we got an extra $10,000, like, that had been really big to help, help fund this. Um, and that could have easily been reached. Well, now that, uh, you know... The protest isn't happening. Now we're going to have to punt a little bit. We're still going to do it because they created it. Um, but what we're going to do is instead of now raising it for the trip down there, we think we've got the expenses covered for that. Uh, that will go towards our politi- political action committee and going towards funding our bill. And so this is really cool because what I want to really see here is how much does the ICP community support what we're doing in more than just a, hey, come talk about our project kind of way. Like, do you see the big picture stuff that we're pushing for? And, you know, these chain-specific communities, there's a lot of power in those because there's a lot of money and a lot of dedication in that project. And so it's going to be interesting to see, is this a model that we can follow going forward for raising more, you know, um, funding for crypto regulation? Crypto regulation is expensive, $3.7 million to do this bill. Yeah. And, by the way, 
that's 50% off because we don't have a marketing budget because I am the marketing. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't need a marketing budget at all. So that's why they were really interested to, uh, to work with me. So, you know, I, I think if we can get this model going forward where it's all transparent, you know, we got a 501c3, you got a 501c4, all the money goes towards the political action committee. You know, I mean, we're not, we're not doing this cause we're trying to get rich and you know, we already got rich in crypto. We don't, we don't need, uh, we need to make sure that we stay rich by not having, you know, our, our crypto taken by the IRS, I guess, you know, um, or whoever the SEC or wants to come and take it cause they're overreaching. So mm-hmm. this is about preservation, um, uh, of the future in crypto. And it's about getting small. IICP is not small. Definitely is a big, big company. Um, but the community compared to some other ones is relatively small. And let's see, like, what kind of dedication can we get from these people? And plus, we get to support the artists. Like, we support the artists in this as well. So not only are we getting money for our fun, but then 25% of that is going to him for what he created and he worked on very hard. And it's a way to highlight him as well. So, um, you know, we're hoping this will be kind of something that we will uh, be able to, to repeat in the future. Ben, yeah. I, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but we're just at this pivotal moment in history, right, that Sam just got arrested. If he happens to come across this interview, what... What would you? What do you want to say to him more than anything right now? What What's your one line to say to him? You are the fall guy, Sam. You are the fall guy, and you don't know it. Mm. There's a reason why you got arrested last night, and you didn't think you were going to get arrested. Everybody's allowing you to incriminate yourself. There's a story to tell. Your parents, Dan Friedberg, they're the key to this. If you don't flip on them, you are possibly doing a life sentence in prison in Max. Ross Ulbricht got two life sentences. He sold some drugs on the internet. You did a potential $50 billion scam. You're not getting out of it. The only chance you have is to show remorse, tell the truth, give people closure and flip on the people that, uh, you know, have been behind the, the scenes. Yeah. There's, there's been nothing. It's almost like he was scripted through the whole thing, mm-hmm. the whole media blitz that he did. Um, it, it feel it felt like someone you know um, like a marionette, like someone was controlling yep. you know pulling mm-hmm. the strings. Oh, we call him the puppet master. That, the, that's what we call the parents. The puppet masters. Dan Freeberg is the architect. <laughs> There's so much here. Uh, so Ben, um, where does this space kind of go from here? Yeah. Like, and have you, have you lost a lot of net worth? Like, have you lost any net worth in all of this? <laughs> Yeah, guys, actually, um, I'm eating ramen right now, so uh, you'll have to know. Uh, <laughs> I like ramen. So. Hey, I, don't, I like it. Yeah, we've certainly lost a lot of net worth uh, in, in this bear market. And, you know, we expected, what we weren't expecting was $3 million gone in Celsius. Um, oh, that God. was $15 million in crypto at the peak. Went all the way down to three, and then we lost it. Um, you know, we've been talking to lawyers about maybe getting, you know, 20 cents on the dollar for that in a lump sum, because who knows how long it's going to be till that money comes out. Uh, if ever, you know, <clears throat> a, lot, a lot of questions, a lot of questions about how new insolvencies affect some of the older insolvencies and stuff like that. We just don't know yet. Um, but the fact is, like, yeah, I have lost a good amount of money. We still have, you know, still have a gigantic house. I have a Lamborghini, you know, like I've got some high ticket. You know, I got a board ape if that thing's still worth money. Uh, so, like, we've got some high dollar assets. And so I'm, I'm fine. We've got real estate. We have $10 million in real estate. So, so we've got a, a lot of money for different stuff. Um, it's been tough, you know, ha- having a business running, you know, a lot of employees, uh, having to make payroll every week. And that's been a little stressful, um, because, you know, we don't want to, you know, I, we have had to let go of some people, but, uh, not that many, I, not 50%, like some of these projects or uh, exchanges have. So we've been real proud. We've been able to manage, even though we have, uh, you know, lost uh, net worth, but guys, none of this has anything to do with crypto. <laughs> you know, like yeah, exactly, yeah. this is what people, re- yeah. people really have to understand. 
because uh, I was watching the hearings this morning, um, and you know, this one guy, you know, Brad Sherman, he was like, oh, crypto is a bunch of snakes and blah blah. They had this guy at the very end of the day where uh, he said something like, um, you know, uh, the crypto bulls have to convince me that uh, your adoption is going to come one day. Blah blah blah. blah. Shut up. I know we ain't gonna convince you of nothing. It's not my job to be bullish on crypto and tell you the prices are going up. You know, my job is to, to look at the space and examine how it can possibly help people. Centralized exchanges, traditional finance, greed, central banking. These are the problems. This story highlights that more than anything. What a bigger neon sign for decentralization. Than Absolutely. What we've just seen. Absolutely. And we've been kind of yelling from the rooftops to to our audience. And it's like, look, exchanges are not banks. You know, uh, they're on roads and off roads. That's it. Then you do your business, you invest, you, you, you use different utilities. And that's it. Um, you know, with that said, you know, what do you think? Who do you think that the layer two protocol winners are coming out? Cardano. Cardano. Oh, layer two. Layer two, yeah. you said. Not financial oh, okay. advice. Not financial advice. <laughs> yeah. Layer ones, I'm going with Cardano over Ethereum uh, eventually. Oh, wow. Four cool. Six years. All right. Yeah. Um, but layer twos. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I like optimism. Um, Vitalik has said that optimistic roll ups are not, you know, he's pretty optimistic on them. He thinks they'll get better. That's fine. Um, if you understand how optimistic roll ups work which we did a video recently they're pretty cool I, I like the idea of basically you're putting your money where your mouth is and transactions go through faster because there's money on the line if you're wrong and there's a fake transaction not to get too much into that but i really like optimism but i mean obviously you know polygon is the layer two like nothing can touch polygon and nothing will touch polygon in my opinion at all it's just built too much infrastructure and it's built too many partnerships and it's too well connected in the space um, and you know, it blew up in the last bull run. So it's got a lot of attention on it. And it, it, to me, it is the winner, the winner, the winner. Look, there's like, I think there's like six or seven different kinds of layer twos. Uh, we have the, the ZK rollups, we have the optimistic rollups, and there's like a ton of other ones that can't even come to my mind anymore because all I feel like I talk about are, are, are rollup solutions, but there's more coming down the road. We're always going to need layer twos. And I think that's, that's the thing. Like people have to understand a crypto economy is done through microtransactions. A microtransaction is literally anything that happens on the blockchain. That's why it's called cryptocurrency, because you're constantly spending money for actions. That's really where currency, you know, comes from here. When you look at Visa, they do 1,700 transactions per second. That's nothing, right? But they don't have to do more than that, because their transactions are literally goods and services and, you know, hotel room holds, right? right? Everything that you do on a shopping trip, you do not use your Visa for. The point is, if you take all the collective actions on the internet, it's a lot more than 1,700 transactions per second. We're always going to need faster transactions because of the internet of things, uh, you know, continues to grow in that network. Uh, you know, there are a ton of different use cases in the future that we don't even know yet. You know, the unknown unknowns we don't yeah. even know. Um, you know, I, I think this is why it's so important to have layer two solutions out there, even beyond, uh, you know, E2.0's complete rollout, mm. which will be like, who knows, 10 years. Yeah. They say that's clear. I got to ask you something, Ben, because we have—I know you have limited time—but just before we start to wrap up, uh, there's been a lot of critique over different personalities promoting different coins and things. And I know Elon Musk for a while was doing a lot of Doge promotion. Oh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Did he get off easy, or like, because right. I feel like that was kind of just laughed off, and no one really 
no one really talked about that very much, which was interesting to me. Well, I think the word promotion is a very interesting word. Um, you know, just like the word scam yeah. or scammer. Very interesting word. You can use them, uh, you know, uh, without uh, prejudice because they don't really have a specific meaning to where you could defame someone over it. This is a question we really have to get down to in crypto. What are we okay with? What are we not okay with? Are you okay with someone interviewing a project or is that a shill? Uh, are you okay with someone doing a, a review on a project and literally giving you the information? Or is that a shill? Anytime a coin is mentioned on any show, is that a shill? Like, it's so low-level IQ, um, in my opinion, that it hurts to, to have a, a part of your audience that is always going to call everything a shill. And that's really where the toxicity comes from. There, there certainly is some some retrusting that needs to go on uh, with crypto influencers. I think that can be done, like I said, through actually having a, a clear set of guidelines that people must follow. Then there's a standard to be held accountable against. Um, but, you know, I, I think ultimately when it comes to, uh, you know, promotions and people who promoted this, look, I, I don't judge anybody who promoted FTX. I never promoted FTX. They never called me because <laughs> I made fun of Sam's hair all the time. How could they know? You know, like nobody knew what was going on there really behind the scenes until right before it all busted open. So I, I don't really take, um, you know, I, I don't get angry with people. I promoted Celsius. I thought Celsius was great. I had $3 million on there to back that up, that claim up. Uh, put my money where my mouth is. Uh, and, and so I think ultimately we, we need to move to a place where we come up with what standard across the industry. Like, what is a promotion? You know, is it a paid promotion? Is giving someone a platform a promotion? Well, that puts us in a very, very tricky spot. Um, because if we have to vet every single person who comes on our channel at all, like just to make sure that, you know, everything they've ever done in their history is up and up, that's a very limiting space. Uh, guess what? News anchors don't have to do that. CNBC doesn't have to do that. Let's go interview people. Uh, and so I think we're held to an unfair standard. And let me tell you the real drama here. The real drama that no one wants to acknowledge until I started acknowledging it a couple weeks ago. And now finally there was a story that broke that backs us up. The crypto media, they need to be held accountable. Coindesk, Cointelegraph, The Block, $27 million to their CEO from, from Alameda. The propaganda media arm of Alameda was so deep and so strong, and people have no idea yet. It's all going to get uncovered, and you're going to just see how much influence they had over this space. Cointelegraph can go do a $14,000 article on a scam, a complete scam, do no due diligence at all. Just whatever they give them, they put on the website. Project scams and rug pulls, zero accountability. You never see anybody on the cryptocurrency subreddit saying, that Cointelegraph, you know, they had a, they had a press release that was from a scam. Now, I guarantee you, if I covered a scam three years ago and they rug pulled tomorrow, it's going to be all over Coindesk. Mm-hmm. And it is not fair. We're, we YouTubers are held to a completely unrealistic and unfair standard compared to the written media. And I think there needs to be, um, you know, uh, some sort of process that we go through to where that gets fixed, you know, so. And you feel it's regulatory? (sighs) Uh, Not necessarily with, not necessarily with the media. It it needs to be social. Like, why, why when they cover a scam or they get a story wrong, why are they not held accountable for it? Why why did nobody go on, uh, you know, Reddit and post a a, a three, you know, uh, 300 paragraph response to like why, you know, coin telegraph is scammers, you know, they don't do that because people don't really seem to care for whatever reason. But most YouTube videos that are news related, actually, the source of that 
you can trace back and it's probably an article that was written. So really those articles outside of trading, those articles are really driving the space. And, and it's just unfair that we have our faces out here and we criticize more than anybody and we're open, transparent, you know, our faces, our credibility. And these people can kind of operate in the shadows. Um, yeah, they might have an author page. The, on Cointelegraph, those are not all real, by the way. Uh, there's certainly fake ones on there. Um, but I, I just think it just needs to move to a place where everything is kind of held in, into uh, you know a, a standard. And I think it's important we start creating non-regulatory standards, right? Like we've, we've laid out kind of like the UN of crypto in a sense, you know, to where, yeah, you don't have to go by what they say, but it's a strong suggestion that you do that to maintain, you know, good relationships and good standing. That can be the case. I, I don't want to overregulate. Shoot, definitely don't want to overregulate. I want to underregulate. Um, but there are some things that need to be addressed and will provide trust in the space by going through them. I think specific YouTube and social media uh, regulation for influencers is very important because everybody's out flying in the dark and people are doing stuff they're going to regret because they don't know they're not supposed to be doing it. I think some of the stuff like what's standard for a crypto media company, um, I think that can be a little more uh, you know, open-ended and doesn't have to necessarily uh, you know, be um, you know, uh, the government need to get involved, I guess is a good way to say it. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating topic that I think will slowly unpack itself and there'll be more dialogue around it. We certainly are going to jump on that. Um, and it's really interesting to see the credibility of major networks you know, pick, pick any one of them, the credibility is going down because they don't fact check in a lot of ways they say they do and whatnot. And then you go into the crypto world and in a lot of cases, there are new users doing their own research via, mm -hmm. you know, coin dust, the block, you know, whatever it may be. And they don't realize, and I'm not, um, I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong here, but other publications may just sugarcoat, add fluff, sensational headlines, um, and it's not really factual. So, and, and the barrier to entry is a lot tougher in the crypto world than the regular media world, regular news or world affairs or whatever it may be. So that's an extra challenge or hurdle to get over, right? Guys, just tell the truth. The whole, the whole damn thing is predicated on truth. And we couldn't have not gone further from what, you know, the cypherpunks wanted in 2008, you know? Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of work in the 3.0 world and the 2.0 world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We just call it the 2.5 world. 2.5. Yes. We, we often we'll use that. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, web, uh, 2.5 unpack. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, Ben, uh, what's the most overlooked story? We all know what the, the big stories are. You're covering them all the time, but what yeah. are, what's over, what, what have people not noticed? What have people not noticed? Man, there's so, there's so much here. Um, I, I would say that probably the the Russian, uh, excuse me, the Ukrainian money laundering uh, with FTX. Mm. That that's that's a rabbit trail that we haven't really started exploring yet. Now I have, I know all, I know all about it, but it just hasn't been time. I, I've been wanting Sam to get arrested before we start moving forward with some other stories. Um, uh, that to me is some like a part of the FTX story that's going to be really big and probably lead to a lot of arrests for people that don't even really. It's been being investigated by uh, Washington since March, so this is not a thing that just came out the the last couple of weeks. Uh, the other thing is like, look, I, I do think actually the most important thing is that uh, you know 
Gary Gensler loses his job. I think Gary Gensler is the most responsible person in the space where people are losing money. And uh, you, you could tell by the question today uh, in the hearings that they're starting to go after him. And I, I don't think he'll make it through January. I think that's really, really, really important. We want to talk about restoring trust uh, you know, in the crypto community. Start right there. The, the most untrusted man in crypto in charge of enforcement. If I had evidence, I wouldn't give it to him. Yeah. You know who we gave our evidence to for, for what they did at FTX? We gave it to Maxine Waters. <laughs> we gave it to her uh, because why would we give it to Gary Gensler? He'll burn it. He was meeting with Sam for six months. He, he's got personal relationships on the line here. Um, so I, I think when you look at who to trust in the world of regulation, it's scary. You got to make some decisions, but it, <laughs> it's scary, but it definitely ain't Gary. There you go. Flair angle and the Ukraine angle. Mm. Wow. Fascinating. Multiple movies and books out of that one. Um, ben, thank you so much for being here uh, and sharing your insights and your and your journey. You know yeah. what you've been going through. There's like a, a thousand questions we have and, and it, you know, our starters that we want to dig in with you. We'd love to kind of talk more in the future. Um, but, and, you know, to our audience, you know, catching up with crypto is a new book that Ben is publishing. It should be out in January, mid January. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. January 12th is the, uh, is the published date. Yeah. January 12th. So we're looking forward to that. Um, and, uh, the, the, you know, the journey is just getting started, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, sure. and, you know, uh, if you thought uh, it was a wild ride, <laughs> It's never a dull moment with yeah. Ben Armstrong, for sure. Uh, and the, and the journey is just starting. The ride is just starting. So uh, we thank you, and um, we'd love to see you again. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a fun show. And, um, you know, uh, to all your audience, uh, you know, Catch Up to Crypto is going to be a killer book. Uh, it's published by the same uh, publishing company as Bitcoin Standard. Uh, we believe this will eventually become the biggest book in crypto. And it's really important for people that are newer to the space or have people that they know that might be interested uh, to go ahead and grab a copy and, uh, you know, catch up with crypto. Yeah, Ben, thanks for stopping by. Really, thanks for having me.